0: Greetings and
2: salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, bike, to professional wrestling. Welcome, bike, to the Chairshot.com, and most importantly, welcome back to Pod Is War. I was brought to you by the good folks at chair Shot radio network in conjunction with the Chairshot.com. Always use your head and use your heads. We ask, we implore, we insist upon. Why don't you show some love to your favorite website for news reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude because you're smarter than the average fan. How do you do that? Christopher? I'm glad you asked people. By going to perrustentees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official chair shot t-shirt. We literally have something for everyone. We've got Jesus Did the Job, Save Tag Team Wrestling, my new personal favorite, the Chair Shot Bar logo, established in 2017. It was a glorious year, pre-pandemic. Pre-post pandemic pandemic and all that other bullshit that's been going on since then. But show some love to your favorite website. We appreciate it. Again, com forward slash the shot. Please and thank you. Thank you. And please, the chairshot.com. Remember, we're not just a website, we're a movement. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. Unfortunately, the Commissioner PC Tunney and Andrew Belaz could not make it here this evening. However, I am joined by an esteemed panel. I can't even say I called y'all off the bench because y'all not bench warmers. Y'all are starters, goddammit. Of course, from Three Man Weave, from Outsider's Edge, from the 56 podcast he does with Mr. Mags. (laughs) Shout out with Mags, the illustrious Mr. Ray Cash. First and foremost,
3: esteemed. Eh. Secondly, for every Baron Corbin sucks shirt you buy, we're gonna donate one dollar. To ourselves and thirdly I appreciate the fact that you have that fake ass energy right now because just five seconds ago we were about here we was in it's bitch dragon so well done sir well done for putting your radio voice on
2: they don't know unless you tell them you son of a bitch so thank you for that but also <laughs> joining us today transparency y'all, y'all knew I wasn't gonna get away from this mellopharma without our ah, blast right so we have Mr. Andrew's better have. The younger, the handsomer, the new and improved, Balazs. Put your hands together and show your love for Mr. Adam himself. Hey, the phenomenal one, by the way. Hey, Jay, Balazs. They don't want none, do they, brother?
4: They never want none. Don't worry, but just like usual, uh, A. Balazs fashion, we got alcohol with us. You
2: are, you
3: are, I am, I am.
4: Sorry, that's the OG. Oh no, I love that one. Love it so much. Grits, so, I am.
2: I, I hate both y'all because Ray is like 15, Adam is 12, and Ray has the audacity, the unmitigated gall on the Stephen A. Smith side of the game to talk about some old school anything.
3: As a nine, as a ten, as, <laughs> as a 11, as a 12. Hey man, I was there front and center. I I bought the Wednesday pay-per-views they had. I watched when they was on Fox Sports Net. I fucked with TNA back in the day, so when I tell you I hate them motherfuckers, there's reasons. Cause I'm I was with them from the beginning, when Scott Hall
2: was there, huh? When Macho Man used to show up. That's crazy, cause Scott Hall doesn't even rem- remember being there. Scott Hall don't
3: remember, I think, anything from like 2001 <laughs> to like 2017.
4: It doesn't <laughs> remember the plane ride at all. Doesn't remember. Anything in the Ramon days.
3: I bet you don't remember the the Stone Cold match. When he watched it, He's like, I did that? Just so so much he doesn't
2: remember. Last thing Andrew, or excuse me, Andrew Hall, Jesus. Last thing Scott Hall remembers is Bash at the Beach 2006, and that's because somebody hit him in the face with a Coca-Cola in the ring, probably. (laughs)
3: 1996, but, you know, who's counting? Uh, Barely you, sir. Yeah, I was about to say. What were you, 12 months? (laughs) Sir, I'm not... That much younger than you. Now, now AJ,
4: yeah, that motherfucker, baby. But me, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was, back. I wasn't even twelve months. I was three months when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the
3: eighties. We were born in the same decade.
2: I, I hate you so much right now, AJ. Oh, I was, yeah, I was two and a half weeks old when the NWO started. Shut up.
3: You were, so you were born in ninety yeah.
2: six. Yeah. I got Damn. pubic years older than you.
4: You need a
0: shave.
2: That's. <laughs> I was I was about to You're
4: say he's <laughs> proving a point. Uh, proving uh, Amber, get this man some man's <laughs> <escape.
2: laughs> Pop, that was great. <laughs> Cleanliness is next to godliness. Uh, well, my hairs are clean, just plentiful.
3: <laughs> Amber. <laughs>
2: She can't hear you now. She can't <laughs> hear you scream. <laughs> Gentlemen, I, I'm not even going to lie to you guys, man. It's been a little bit of a funk in the wild, weird, wonderful, wacky world of wrestling. But this weekend has we woken the sleeping giant. I'm on a high still. This was a hell of a well, weekend for wrestling. Eh, I have my moments.
3: Well done.
2: So what do y'all say, man? Let's get into topic one and get on the good foot and do the bad thing.
3: I know. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm joking! That's the whole He's reason not. I answered the damn call. I don't really want to. I don't know. There's one topic I'm ready for. This first topic, we've talked about it so much. I really don't give a shit no more. But, by all means, uh, Mr. Consigliere.
2: I guess that's supposed to be me. And if I'm your consigliere, <laughs> you going to jail. <laughs> 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 so what uh, Mr. Cash is alluding to Is this past Friday's Rampage episode Which saw the Re-debut, is that fair? Or the return, that's probably better The return of Mr. Philip Brooks himself A.K.A. CM Punk I happen to be in the House in attendance for that particular Event And I called it an event with the utmost esteem andrew she my bad adam adam ray bro shut up what's a habit man it's a balaz with a beard and a bottle okay my bad exactly gentlemen though i you know i've had a few days to kind of sit and marinate on this at the time i didn't want to be hyperbolic i didn't want to be a slave to recency biased But I feel like I can say with the utmost certainty, and I've been in the house for quite a few events, but I mean, I was there for the Hardy Pop at WrestleMania 33. I was there when Seth Rollins cashed in in the main event of WrestleMania 31. Hell, I was in the house for The Rock's last world title win. 2012 Royal Rumble out in Phoenix, ironically, against CM Punk himself. But I feel like after some... Deliberation and thought. I can say with the utmost certainty that this particular moment, this was the biggest moment that I've ever been privy to be live and in attendance for. Now, what will it mean in the long term? I'm sure we'll get into that here momentarily. But just that very moment, my God! I mean, you 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 would have had to be there to really just feel the energy. I mean. I guess y'all saw it on television. Mellon Farmers was crying and shit like that. But this was a huge moment. And I think it was made that way because Punk has been gone for so long. And is he Cena? No. Is he The Rock? No. Is he even Roman Reigns? No. But he's still a big name in that world. And just to see that reaction in that setting and the way that AEW played it off. They, they played this perfectly. They couldn't have played it any more perfect than they did. This was a moment, and I'm happy that I was in attendance for it, really.
4: Yeah, because from what, what you said, actually, in our group chat that we have for Chair Shot, you said that was up there with like moments in wrestling that was really energetic. It's kind of like whenever you hear Stone Cold's glass shatter, because I'm so happy that they decided— We're going to chant CM Punk for once in the crowd. And then, you know, we actually got CM Punk. He came out to that giant jubilation where he looked like he came home, more or less. Where he felt like, this is my return that I was expecting. This is what I got to do. This is my show now. And like you said, he's got a lot of things in the future going on right now. I know he's got a match later on that's already scheduled. We'll talk about that later. But from just what you said alone in the chat that we had on Friday, it just sounded like it was probably one of, if not the best reactions in the past four or five years in wrestling.
2: I I, I won't say the one of the best reactions because, I mean, we haven't been in the house for all of them, but it was it was a perfect storm. He yeah. had been gone for so long. They kind of alluded to his return, but they didn't just give it away and let us know it was going to happen. He was in his hometown. He came out first, which I thought that was perfect because I probably would have had him come out at the end of the show for a hook for next week, like tune into next week's Dynamite, or excuse me, next week's Rampage. But it was absolutely perfect because, you know, in hindsight, if he didn't come out first, we, as the crowd, would have hijacked the show with a bunch of CM Punk chants until he came out, right? And frankly... What happened after him was inconsequential. He could have sat there in the ring, sitting Indian style, and just chopped it up for the the whole hour, and I would have been all right with that.
3: It's definitely um, a major moment. It's definitely I don't I don't know if I'd go as far as to call it a paradigm shift. Word to Moxley. I did that on purpose, by the way. Uh, but it's definitely. A sh- send a send a a jolt a shock to the system again to steal another possible <laughs> awa. Are you yeah,
2: are I'm, you are you gonna talk to the buzzers too when you had it, man? It's, I mean,
3: well, look, hey, sometimes some worlds need to be eaten. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, um, so it's a major it's a major moment. It's a major signing for aw. The biggest possible signing they can make bigger than Jericho, bigger than Moxley, the biggest they could possibly do because what he means to that fan base. Um, I think, I don't know if I said it with you Monday or I said it on another sh- show, excuse me, but CM Punk is kind of ascended. He's moved past just a wrestler. He's almost become kind of a symbol, almost become kind of a, 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 a kind of a feeling, if you will, Perdition franchise fans or fans of the anti-WWE ilk or fans who don't like what Vince does, or however this, that, or the other. And so, like, when people chant CM Punk, largely they're no it's not that they're begging for Punk to show up. It's that because they're using what he stood for as a way to kind of rebel against what they're being what they've been given, which is where a lot of the annoyance comes from, from other fans. Um I've said this to you. I've said this ad nauseum. I will never be personally invested in the guy again. And I have my reasons. If you want, I can explain them to you, AJ. But I've said them. And I have no qualms saying it again. I don't dislike the guy. I wish him the best. I'm happy for him. Because a lot of his qualms he had with WWE were extremely warranted. And I'm glad he got away for the, for the good of himself. Because there's no telling what, what would have happened if he stayed. Um, and I'm happy for him, man. It's a great moment. But, you know, wrestling fans lo- love the hyperbole. And I don't, I'm not trying to run anybody's parade. But let's just be real. the 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 shine of that moment ended at 10 p.m. Central Time. Friday night. And we moved on to the next but people are acting like it is going to be this effervescent moment that will live in infamy. And it will on YouTube, but, like, keep it moving, bro. You know, all the great returns. Roman's return from cancer. Brad's return from the neck. Rock's return from his, his own personal I- exile. Austin's return from taking his ball and going home. Triple H's return and MSG, which doesn't get talked about enough. Great returns, great moments, great things of these nature. The next night, shit keeps moving. So I understand that this is a big moment for his fans, big moment for AEW, big moment for people who don't rock with A with WWE and the things that they do. But man, like, just have some levity, live in your moment, and understand we move we on to the next now.
2: No, that, no, that's fair to be said. But I, I will say this. That reinvigorated my interest in AEW. Because I, you know, for the past shit, probably the past year, I've been pretty lukewarm in terms of AEW. Mm-hmm. So now you bring punk aboard. We're assuming that Brian Danielson will be next, probably at that show in September in uh in Arthur Adams in, backyard. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in Adam's backyard at Arthur Arthur Asch Stadium. The rumors about Adam Cole. Maybe even a Bray Wyatt. I feel like they're starting to kind of catch some momentum here, and it bring it makes me excited about what the future holds for AEW. Now, that being said, Pretty Tony, you've hit a coup. You need some help. Come get somebody in there to help you with this booking because you, you book like you're doing rails of cocaine on the Scarface side of the game, and none of it really makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> And I think the elite need to kind of take a step back because that shit ain't working. I, You know, I, I've talked to Arden fans that aren't here for the Bucks. Omega, he's corny too, but at least he's got some value in terms of match quality because he can still have good matches. But I think this is the point in time where we need an adult in the room. We've got some big players here. We've got a lot of talent here, and we're in a prime position to make a move, which means somebody's going to have to sacrifice Somebody's gonna have to suffer, and it's got to be the elite because that elite shit, that it ain't hitting for me.
3: Here, here's the issue, to, for me. This is not an anti-AW stance. I think it's a very fair stance. Con, from a contracted st- standpoint, just people who are literally under contract, AW has over 110 people. Now, the one of the things they do best is they filter in. Indie wrestlers and give them a spot on Dynamite, or I mean on Dark or Dark Elevation, or sometimes Rampage and Dynamite who aren't signed, give them some sh- shine and maybe end up signing them. That's a fantastic, fast, fantastic thing they're doing for the indies and in general. But so that adds to the hundred and ten plus people, right? So and I, you know, there's there's a a picture going around today. Forgive forgive my tangent. But of the poster of All Out This Year, and it has a WWE logo over all the people's faces who have been in WWE. I understand that that's stupid and facetious, and we know so many of these people came from other companies. But the point of that, the point of that entire post that people willingly miss is that Chris Jericho, Cody, I'm sorry, Garrett Reynolds, and Tony Khan himself all came out at multiple times saying we will not sign WWE cast-offs. We're going to pick and choose who we sign. Now, are, are they literally sitting outside of of Samford, like on Trash Day, when you take your trash out and somebody pulls it away the, five minutes later? No. But they're signing a whole bunch of them, and they're putting them in prominent positions. Mr. Belaz, you're an Impact guy. You know how that's gone before. Mm-hmm. So, that's my only issue with this. Punk was a must sign. I'm with that. Brian is a must sign. I'm with that. If I'm Adam Cole, if I'm Bray Wyatt, if I'm Big Country Adam Cher, a.k.a. Uh, Braun Strowman, if I'm these guys, I'm taking the Tyler Breeze approach and I'm staying the fuck away from Jacksonville for three years. Get your roster together, dog. Because so many people don't get. Used and nobody cares because they have such goodwill, and that's a fantastic magic trick. But so many people aren't getting used. I'm not even talking about being underutilized or misused, not even booked on the goddamn show. And all you people telling me that oh well, they were on dark, they're on dark elevation. Tony Khan don't even fucking watch dark. You don't believe me. That's why Max Castor is about to leave the damn company. Because he don't watch the show. So if Tony don't watch it, you expect me to watch it? No. So, like, that's my qualm right now with them is I'm with Punk. I'm with Brian, But y'all got too many people, dog. You've got a QT Marshall match on All Out. What are we doing?
4: (laughs) No, I I couldn't agree more because I don't remember exactly from DWI last week. If you want to go check it out, chairshot.com. Where it was either Mags or Kinney said it kind of feels like WCW all over again. Where, like you said, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. You have 110 plus people that are in AEW right now. Yeah, they're doing a good job making sure Yeah, we got our Dark faithful, the Elevation faithful, the Dynamite faithful, the Rampage faithful... And like, but again, like you said, Tony doesn't watch it. That's probably his cocaine session that Platt's alluding to. That's probably when he has the mountains of cocaine It's during dark.
2: But no, he, he has it during raw. He sits there and watches raw. and Then he goes,
4: you fucking got
3: grosses? You want to fuck with me? Come on. Okay. I'll take on your family.
0: You fucking got grosses? Now we're we're
2: talking
4: Tony
0: Khan or uh, his dad? (laughs) We're talking Tony.
2: We're talking Tony. We'll just leave it at that. Go ahead, AJ. I apologize.
4: Nah, you're good, Chris. You're good. But the thing is, you have too many people that are coming in. Like you said, former WWE guys. Or as people keep saying that AEW really stands for, all ex-WWE.
3: Oh, I haven't heard that. That's funny.
4: Where you know you got Cage, granted, yeah, he's Impact champions and now he's on TNA again. I'm happy about that because Omega doesn't have the belt. But that that's that's not a topic on the show right now. But you know Cage, Jericho, now we got Punk. There's rumors of Wyatt. There's rumors of Cole. There's rumors of uh, Danielson. We got Mark Henry. Moxley, <clears throat> Moxley Paul hey, White, Cole. Andrade, Malachi
3: Black. Miro, because we could keep going. All these motherfuckers are being. Our used. podcast
4: alone could just be who used to be in WWE. I'm hoping that they don't. I can't. I'm. I'm not the biggest AEW fan. I'll be the first one in a minute. I don't care if it's on air or not. I'm not the biggest fan, but hopefully they can go somewhere forward where they don't repeat WCW, where it's. Yeah, we got Hall, we got Hogan, we got Nash, we got Vincent, we got DiBiase and everybody else from WWE that wanted to come over here because they heard, hey, we got the money. Billionaire Ted's got the money. Billionaire Khan's got the money. We got we can do this, right? Yeah, no, yeah, we're just going to relax. Competition's good. Competition's fine. Don't overload it, so you turn into WCW. 91 to 2001, you're looking like you're going to be like 2018 to 2023 maybe.
2: So I, I agree with both of you gentlemen. They have way too many people under contract. That's just just not sustainable. It is what it is. And that's why I say you need an adult in the room at some point in time because you're going to have to thin the herd. Because, you know, they're, they're doing well on pay-per-view. I don't know how well their merchandise is selling, but they've got, you know, the, the t- television deal with Turner – But it's hard for me to believe that they've even cut a profit yet, just because of all the money they spend. Yeah, it's impossible. All the money that they're just they're they're bleeding on talent. Like that's impossible for me to believe that they've cut a profit yet.
3: Tony's admitted that they're in that they're in the red. Tony's came out in the interview and said, "We're ten million in the red," I think, or something like that.
2: Which which means (laughs) twenty. But If he said ten, that means at least twenty. But I don't think it's fair to. The the whole, the WWE castoffs thing, I don't think that's fair because with a few notable exceptions, i.e. the VPs, the past 20 years, WWE has been the only game in town. So anybody that's anybody has at least had a cup of coffee up north. So, yeah, you're going to get a lot of ex-WWE castoffs. Plus, you need some melon farmers because you're a television company. You need some melon farmers that are used to being on television and understand How to do a television wrestling show, and maybe those guys can teach some of the new guys and the new women as well how you're supposed to conduct yourself because it's a lot different than working from working an indie show to being on cable television, you know, one or two times a week. So, people need to understand how to do that, and you got to bring people in that have that type of experience. Plus, for the most part, you know, okay. The chairman, Sean Spears, we could have did without. Okay, cool. And there's a few other cast off we could have did without. But the the people that they brought in, they do have value. Are they always used properly or correctly or even at all? No. <laughs> but they have value. That's that's all I'm saying. So I, don't, you know, I don't think that's fair. Plus, I mean, Hulk Hogan was an AWA guy. Steve Austin was a WCW guy. Like this is how the industry has always worked historically. Everybody mm-hmm. poaches talent.
3: Other, hold on, real, real real quick, real quick, AJ. I'll, I'll give it to you. I think the difference when people say this stuff because people get so mad is they're not saying that they're WWE guys, they're saying that their biggest name was made in WWE,
4: right?
3: yeah. So that's a difference because Hulk Hogan was a WA guy, but I guarantee yeah. you this. nobody would have ever known who the fuck he was outside of Minnesota until
2: that's not true because he was in Rocky when he was still in AWA and Hulkamania had already started to percolate man that's not true
3: you're absolutely right but we also know and I know I know I'm I'm cutting you off I'm sorry AJ we also know that the world was still was still territorial in Mm -hmm. wrestling so while Hulkamania was running wild wasn't running wild in Texas wasn't running wild in California wasn't running wild in Eddie Gilbert Town in Florida you was, around,
2: you was born in 2015. How would you know? <laughs>
3: 2010, <laughs> sir. 2010.
4: No, go, ahead, go ahead, AJ. Uh, go I was, I was I, just about I mean, to say, this one one episode one, of Potter's War, I mean, the one where uh, Platt babysits everybody. Oh.
2: <laughs>
4: Platt's just the
2: kids. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ray. I apologize, man. I just had to get that joke off. Shit,
4: I cut AJ I, off. So. I was about <laughs> to say, I, in, in all honesty, I don't even care. But, No. It's not the fact that, you know, like I said, all ex-WWE. Because, yeah, everyone has to get somewhere eventually. You know, like you said, Steve Austin was a WCW guy. He was stunning Steve Austin with the gun stun where he just decapitates someone off the ropes. Or or Terrorizing. How about that guy from WCW? Yeah, he made it nowhere. A 14-time WWE World Champion, the second Grand Slam Champion, also known as Triple H. WCW guy. Who's me, Mark, yeah, Mark Callis? Yeah, mean Mark Callis. Fuck is that guy? Uh, Oz or Vinny Vegas? Flex Cavano. That's that's a deep cut. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So I, I understand that people need to get their cut in the territories, and you know some people recorded it and they showed it on like whatever, either like Channel One, Channel Two, or like the alluded to like Channel Ninety Eight or some shit on on antenna television.
2: Now, you really were born in 2015. You you punching out your depth right here, son. But go on.
4: And like I said, I was raised by big balls, so that means I know what I'm talking about.
3: I Well, say, 2015, man, you might as well go ahead and change your diaper and go to bed because you got daycare in the morning. God damn. <laughs> right? Sheesh.
4: 2015. No wonder why baby balls needs a bottle right now. <laughs> it needs a bottle. Well, <laughs> uh, all, right. all right, so...
2: That's not a bad title, by the way. Baby Balls needs a bottle. <laughs> That's
3: we'll pretty ha- good. I'm pretty sure we'll have multiple ones of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, put a bow on this real quick, because we got to take a break, y'all. So, last thoughts.
2: I'm just happy Punk is back, and I'm interested to see where they go. Pretty Tony, get you some help. Please. 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 <laughs> Please.
4: You ain't got one more in you? You got another please in there?
2: Oh, I thought you was talking to AJ. My bad. <laughs> no, Jeez. I wanted one
3: more thank you. I want one more please. AJ, hear me with your last thought.
4: Uh AEW's got some headway going. Definitely need to watch it now. Or just focus on it a little more, but just don't Don't be W Don't be WCW replica. Don't be WCW light. Like you said. 20 million in the red or 10 million in the red by 2000, they were 65 million in the red. So let's, let's, let's not dip into that territory. Now you wonder why the Jaguars had to cut Tim Tebow.
3: <laughs> Among 30 other people. <laughs> My final thought real quick, y'all is simply this. AW's is killing it. They're doing fantastic by every metric. They're outdoing what they were expected to do at this time. And at, at this time, they have, They've, they've signed two separate uh, television deals since their incarnation. They've got a second show, a real show, because I don't count dark television. they got a second actual television show. They're signing the best people. But there is such a thing as there can be too much too soon. And I think they need to slow down a bit, enjoy who they have, use who they have, before you have people that start to, to feel alienated, like one Hangman Page, who will never get back to the top as long as one punk, one Danielson, and so on and so forth to there. With that being said, we're going to be right back. And as we take this break, even though this is Mr. Platt's job, I'm going to take it and say go to Com slash the chair shot and go get some fantastic shirts like our fantastic esteemed model, Mr. Adam Blass, is wearing that you can't see. But we can see it, and you should go buy it. We'll be right back.
1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
3: All right, y'all. So, look, I've waited for a long week from Saturday night to now for this. I, I feel like this is this. Remember when y'all wanted to see Pacquiao versus Mayweather and like they were still good? I feel like this is that I've been waiting on this. I feel like this is The Rock and Cena when they set up the paper, when they set up WrestleMania the night after WrestleMania, once in a lifetime for a full year because Mister B- Mister Platt and I have some beef that I feel we need to get over on air, and I'm I don't even know how AJ feels about this. But SummerSlam passed this weekend, y'all. As we know, we literally moved from Friday at Rampage just to the next day Saturday. SummerSlam, by every metric, again, was a rousing financial success. The highest viewed non-WrestleMania pay-per-view in the history of television in the United States. The, the highest grossing pay-per-view monetarily in the city of Las Vegas. Ever. It just was a fantastic success. Um, you know how WWE is a critical success. You know how fans can be. They this, that, and the other. But there are there's a a few major moments, but there's one in particular that uh, I need to call my brother to the the front of the congregation to talk about. And I'm going to throw it out. In fact, I'm going to throw it to AJ first, because he's the one person we don't know how he feels. But Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship was one of the um, advertised main events of the show. So there was rumors Sasha Banks wouldn't show up. She didn't show up on, on Friday Night SmackDown. She wasn't there Saturday, last minute. They changed the match to her versus Carmella. And the return of the man, Becky Lynch, comes out, beats the holy hill out of Carmella, challenges uh, Bianca to a title match. And as the match starts, Sucker Punches her, hits the essentially the rock bottom, but the manhandle slam. One two three.
2: Uh, uh, Uranagi. If yeah. in case Andrew listens, he'll well, pop on that.
3: You're a edge, but it's okay. Good try.
2: Hey 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 <laughs> hey. You're we, you're we not use a that kid, word but in, It's all good. We 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 don't use that word outside uh, of the family, sir. <laughs> I,
3: I, I, I was gonna say
2: uh, for clarification ah. with the review. I did put Uranagi.
3: <laughs> oh, I got that by the way. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's a, that, that like that's over. Whew. Uh, but yes, your new SmackDown Women's Champion is the man Becky Lynch. There's a whole bunch that involves with that. We'll get into that as we speak about it. Just when you were watching AJ, your guttural reaction when it happened and how you feel. But what, what, what did you think?
4: I was honestly happy. I was like, oh yeah, Becky came back. Oh cool, yeah, this is gonna be a great match. And you know, and she beat the ever living hell out of Carmella, like you said. And, you know, there we go. Ask, Do you want to match with them on? Sure. Sucker, uh, uh, handshake, Sucker Punch, Manhandle Slam, I guess. I thought I heard that. I just didn't want to write it down in case that I didn't hear it correctly. That's right. And then Becky wins. To which, like I said, Becky returning. Awesome. I thought she was going to return on SmackDown as pat mcafee likes to say and you know maybe there there was the next competitor for the next pay-per-view and then becky wins it but i was kind of eh when it came to it i understand becky's a big draw i understand that becky is a name in wwe that everyone loves but a handshake a sucker punch and then a rock bottom to win the match, and then that's it. I get be uh, Bianca Belair wasn't prepared to face Becky Lynch.
2: But what? And, I mean, to be fair, it's come out after the fact, and there's been rumors and rumblings and reports that Becky, that was heel, her heel turn. And... If I wasn't in my feelings, perhaps I could have saw it in that light. But it all seems very Kofi-ish. It was almost like having, number one, being a black wrestling fan, man. It's like being in in, in an abusive relationship anyway. And I started to have PTSD to the first SmackDown on Fox when Kofi lost in, what, seven seconds. That's kind of how eight, oh, yo, eight, okay.
3: Give him that extra second, sir
2: no no <laughs> like, no no, like, yeah, no. but if, if, that's... if women don't do it to your mans why are we giving it to kofi <laughs> but but that's how it felt to me in the moment and i'm looking and i'm like come on y'all y'all have done so much to try to build this woman up she's a if, if, if handled correctly, she can be a huge crossover star for this company. Like, you can take her anywhere. She could be on The View on Monday. She could be on Wendy Williams on Tuesday. And then she can be on at the BET Awards on Sunday or at the ESPYs on Saturday or at the Grammys on Sunday or whatever, whatever. She's got that type of appeal. And it just left a really bad taste in my mouth, man. And I'm not saying... Uh, and I say this being a black wrestling fan. I'm not even going to lie to you. That's why I'm so pissed off about it. And I'm not saying WWE came out and Vince said, God damn it, just beat the Negro. It'll be fine. No, obviously that's not what happened. That's obviously not what happened. I just don't like the way it went down. It left a really bad taste in my mouth. I feel like Bianca deserved better. And I know people are going to say, let the storyline play out. But in the last 20 years, with there have been notable exceptions. That hasn't always worked out in WWE. Yeah, we got to see where it goes. But, I mean, they don't exactly have the best track record in the last 20 years of letting storylines play out and playing to their conclusion. And on the other side of the storyline, both parties come out looking better than they did going into it. And go ahead, Ray, because I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'm going to have some rebuttals to some shit you say. Because much like Mayweather, who you alluded to earlier, I'm a much better counterpuncher.
3: I mean, so am I.
2: yeah that's why that's why we'll be here for the next 60 minutes (laughs) i was about to say
4: and for anyone who wants to know what i'm doing i'm drinking this bottle of rum (laughs) (laughs) best seat in the house huh
3: um okay i feel a lot better about your stance because you i think with some time as you said and some reflection you because you were hot
2: at first you were hot yes definitely emotional i was emotional and all things being considered so i put out a tweet And I I think it
3: encapsulates a lot of my feelings, because first and foremost, let me say that I hated the way they did it. I am not a proponent of the way they did it. But first and foremost, let me say that if we all, everybody who was upset about what happened, actually did what fans were supposed to do and were upset about the story, upset about what happened in the story then this could be the beginning of a fantastic story and this could be the beginning of a brand new major moment for WWE. But instead, we all give too much of a fuck about the booking and why it happened. And, well, Bianca got squashed because... Stay the fuck in the story. And I understand you can't put the ketchup back in the ketchup bottle. You can't put the Too Faced back in the Too Faced tube. I get it. I, I have 57 podcasts myself. I can't say nothing. I get it. But it bothers me because, like you said, has WWE hit a home run every time? No. But they hit a lot more doubles and, and triples than y'all give them credit for. But y'all tune out the first time one thing goes the way you don't want it to go. Not realizing that that's the way the story is supposed to be going. A lot of times like that. So let's talk about this one in particular. Well, actually, no. I want to talk about one thing real quick before I get to that. I know I, I, we're, I don't like to talk about family business in
2: public. Yeah, hey boy! Here we go. Here we go.
3: And, uh, Aj, don't, don't, leave, welcome. Leave leave,
2: leave, leave leave my girl out of this. Is that what you? That's not where you going, are you? No, no. Okay, okay, okay. Not Mercedes ain't got nothing to do with this.
3: Mercedes ain't got. I, she's she's okay, not even okay. on my on my radar right now. No. Okay, okay. Although
2: I don't know yeah, what happened, to her, but yeah. I don't know what
3: happened. But you, you the, yeah. she's the catalyst for all of this. But that's yeah. not where I'm going at all. Okay. No. I, what I want to say is, as a black man who understands how we feel in life, you know, how it feels to be a black man almost feels like you've heard sayings, you got to work twice as hard to get half as far, and it's almost like you feel like you wake up with your foot someone's foot on you. Th- I get all that. And it's true. And in wrestling, wrestling has not been kind to us as a group. But here's my thing. If the goal is not equality but equity, because equality is some bullshit. Equity is what you want. If the goal is really equity, then you want shit like this to happen. Because this happens to the best people. That's the thing that bothers me about situations like this. That this, Kofi ain't the only human being who's ever been squashed in eight seconds. I can name multiples on top of my head, Daniel Bryan. At WrestleMania, for the title, people get squashed. John Cena gets squashed. People get squashed. So if you really want equity, then that means you want the full gamut of the possibility of stories to be told. We don't want that. We want certain stories to be told because everybody keeps saying, well, Bianca deserved better. Well, if she would have lost in the 15-minute match, y'all still would have been upset. So be upset for the reasons y'all want to be upset. And then, since people care so much about the the behind the scenes and the booking of it, face facts. Facts are facts. They did. They only had at most a week's notice to change a major match that was on the marquee of the of the of the show. Sold the show. Three matches: Roman Cena, Lashley Goldberg, Bianca Sasha. That's a, one of the main events of the show. So, you only have so long to flip it. Now, if you're going to have Becky back, which was the, I, I think the right move was to have Bianca Carmella, let Bianca squash the shit out of Carmella, and then Becky comes out and you can lay her out thin. That, I think that's the move. That way you wonder what's happening. But if Becky and Bianca had to wrestle, the best way for it to happen was a squash. Because that money, that match could make money, and you don't give it away for free. Right? If if WCW could have could have one thing back, Hogan and and, and Goldberg would have been for a pay-per-view. You don't give away free money. You know, Becky versus Bianca could be a match that could make have been WrestleMania. So to give that away essentially for free, because it wasn't on the marquee, nobody essentially paid for it. It's just terrible business. Now, they made the worst decision of the bunch by doing what they did, but that's the only one that could have led to the furthering of a story. If Becky beats her in 15 minutes, fuck is there to tell? She beat her. If Bianca beats her in 15 minutes, I'm just just an arbitrary number. There's no story to tell because Becky came back and ain't as good as she used to be. So now you tell the story, and again, People like to talk all the time, well, WWE doesn't care about the story. They're not nuanced. You're not listening. The entire Sasha Banks-Bianca story was about Bianca being a rookie. What does Sasha call her every time? Rookie. Every time. You don't care. We're not thinking about that, right? You look at her reactions. All her reactions told the story, right? The, the, The excitement of coming out, being in such a big venue. The disappointment, of the match not happening, the disgust of having to fight Carmella another fucking time, the exuberance seeing Becky's back, the hilarity of seeing Becky beat Carmella's ass, and then the excitement of getting a chance to fight the biggest woman in wrestling and got sucker punched. Let's add some more further allegories, and I bet money they'll mention this on Friday. When Becky turned to the man, when she turned on Charlotte, the exact same thing happened. Sucker punch, pin, boom. Go even further. There's a video that people have resurfaced of when Charlotte was scheduled to go down to the performance center and talk to the girls. And Becky came down there to confront her and is talking to them. And Bianca's right behind her and she's saying, Becky's saying, you have to take every advantage when you have it. If you have to sucker punch somebody, do it. The allegories are there. And if Becky really is turning heel, it makes perfect sense for her to turn heel at the same event in the same manner in which she became the Superface. But nobody cares because it gives too much of a fuck about why Vince did this or why Vince did that or Bianca, black people can't get over it and shit this and that. Fucking deal with the story. Like, the diff- there's a major difference between this and Kofi. And the difference is, if Kofi had just lost and the show ended, i get being pissed. He didn't just lose and the show ended. He lost, the show ended, and they brought Brock's next person out right after that. So they, Kofi was not, Kofi was pushed to the side. That's why that's egregious. Bianca's not pushed to the side. The story is 100% about Bianca. How's she gonna respond? How's she gonna react? She want a title back. Well, what's gonna happen when Sasha comes back? Cause her and Sasha got beef. Can't she be Becky? Everything is about Sasha, whereas nothing was about Kofi. They're not even close to the same. So that's and this isn't directed towards you platt. I don't want you to think it is. It's just in general, because of everything I see and I read. And it's just like we don't add up to what we don't add up to what we we say we want or we say we believe in when it comes to WWE. Take every chance and every excuse as a fan base to make to to make all the excuses in the world while we don't like it. But everything we say we want when they do it, we don't acknowledge it, and it's not fair. It's not fair. This could be the worst thing ever. Bianca Belair could never get a title shot ever again. It's possible, or this could make Bianca the biggest star in the entire company. We don't know. And I, if you if you're one of those people that have said I've like I am with impact I can't deal with it no more I've had enough hats off to you be consistent with that shit but everybody ain't consistent and when they do something right have the respect to acknowledge it I've talked too much I apologize
2: no <laughs> no don't don't apologize at all you make valid no. points man number one yeah I don't take anything you say personally because I'm not one of the mouth breathing melon farmers you're talking about. You know, it's just not like I go out of my way to try to be fair as as fair as I possibly can. I'm still a human. I still have my blind spots. I still have my biases, but I try to be fair. I praise companies when they deserve praise. I criticize companies when they deserve criticism. You know what I mean? At least in my eyes, I try to live my truth. So yeah, don't 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 apologize for that. And you know, considering yeah, this was one of their top three matches at SummerSlam, and they had seven eight days in advance to try to figure something out. They, can't, they brought back the biggest woman in the in in the company in in the entire industry and she went over that's wrestling 101 card subject to change if you're gonna bring somebody out you try to top what you had originally and then ultimately they're gonna win because it, it creates it, it furthers the illusion of anything that anything can happen that's wrestling 101. I don't have any problems with that but Number one, you 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 brought up Daniel's Daniel Bryan got crossed or, or quashed, Jesus Christ, Daniel Bryan got squashed. John Cena got squashed. Daniel Bryan also ascended to main event levels after that. John Cena is John Cena. Kofi skirted his ass right back down to the mid card, never to be heard from again in the main event picture. Hell, he didn't even get a rematch for what three four years, and then he got squashed again by Bobby Lashley. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I get what you're saying, and the video, I saw that video too that surfaced when Becky was talking at the performance center when she first made her, was supposed to be a heel turn, but the the crowd wouldn't let her turn heel, and Bianca was behind her. Come on, man, you know good and goddamn well, man. That, That was just luck and happenstance that that shit happened. I don't think they're that nuanced or subtle or have that long term of a memory. The chairman don't even have that long-term of a memory. The chairman don't even remember what he had for lunch, bro. They not going back that far. That's us as fans filling in the gaps for them because they can't tell a proper story. Not that they can't tell a proper story, but they don't always tell a proper story. I can't say that they can't tell a proper story because of the Roman thing. We'll, we'll get to that next next because they, they fucked around on SummerSlam and came up with the most uh, – the most uh, intriguing storyline in all the wrestling right now, but I'm sure we're going to get to that with the next topic. And y'all know what I'm talking about. So Mm -hmm. I I, I can't, I can't make that blanket statement, but in this one, if the story that you laid out, if that's what happens, okay, cool. I just don't have faith in them telling that storyline. And I'm scared flat out that Bianca is not going to come out on the other side of this any better. I I just don't think that's where this goes. And I hope that I'm wrong, but I just don't see it.
3: One more retort, and then I want AJ to jump back in here, is that you say that this is fans coming up with this stuff. You say that. And some of that may be true. But how many times has New Japan matches and New Japan stories been all the stuff that's alluded to? Because they don't have promos.
2: And they don't have television. Ghetto's still elusive, though. We can't say the same thing about Vinnie Back, man.
3: No, you're right. But again, we're not talking about Carmella or Dana Brooke or Nat. We're talking about the biggest woman in the company, the second biggest star in the company. At some point, people would argue the biggest star in the company. The only reason she turned heel, if she really is heel, is because she specifically asked to turn heel. So I would think forgive me for assuming here that she has a lot of say in the story she's telling, right? So while Vince might not remember, while Pritchard might not remember, or creative writer number 64 who is nameless and doesn't matter might not remember, Becky does. And so I'm sure she thought enough to say, well, if I'm going to do this, I might as well do this the way I got over. So, you know, if we want to give there's a lot of complaints about WWE and how much they script their wrestlers. Well, now it's been proven if you believe the reports that a wrestler isn't being scripted and now it's still a problem. <laughs> it's like, what, what, you know? So like, are we going to believe who who they are when they tell us or are we not? Because if she really is doing this on her own and not fully on her own, but you know, has a little autonomy and is using her own things then why can't we believe that that's the story she's telling? Because Becky will remember that.
2: Go AJ, go it. ahead and get in here. Yeah.
4: <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Now that I've just put down the bottle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I. It, so that's does... enough of AJ. So, Platt, what are you saying?
2: <laughs> AJ <laughs>
4: Blas, ladies and
3: gentlemen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Topic three. <laughs> <laughs> Alcoholic. Extraordinary.
4: Go ahead,
3: my brother. Go no, ahead. I'm you just guys, you,
4: bro. No, you guys are good. You guys are good. If they they aren't scripted, like you said, Becky doing that makes a whole lot of sense. That makes perfect sense. Becky, apparently, if she says she wants to be a heel or they're trying to write her to be a heel, the way they did it makes perfect sense. You know, Bianca had that amazing match at WrestleMania. Everyone loved it and everything. We're supposed to get the rematch of it. Sasha X-Pocked the entire thing. I don't know what happened there. Details at 11.
2: I was about to say, you bite your goddamn
4: tongue, okay? That's why I said details at 11. (laughs) Uh, Carmella shows up, yada, yada, yada. Becky comes in, snuffs her, yada, yada, yada. That's probably one of the better ways to make Becky the heel. And like you said, Ray, we get, you know, the same way that she turned into a face, she can turn into a heel. Everyone loves Bianca. Granted, a lot of people are like, oh, she's too green in the ring. No, she just has to find her character. That's my thing. But, you know, we have the man character. We know Becky can wrestle. We know Becky can do anything right now. And the fact that you had her go out there, punch, manhandle slam, one, two, three, new SmackDown Women's Champion, This probably can lead to a bigger story. You know, you might have Sasha Banks also show up, say, on Friday and say, like, "Um, yeah, I I have a championship match. I'm going to do it, like, either now or Extreme Rules or whenever because, you know, it's the boss. She does whatever the hell she wants. But Becky's now the heel. She's just—it's how Becky's going to play this. Hopefully— like you said, Platt, they don't push Bianca to the side. Hopefully, they actually remember her. Because we all know what—Vince remembers what he ate for lunch. It was probably three raw eggs and the chicken that laid the eggs. The she has
3: eaten for the past 30 years, probably. Probably.
2: Let's be honest here. A, a T-bone with a half a gallon of ketchup. Yeah.
4: <laughs> we said Vince McMahon, not Patrick Mahomes. people don't get that but that's good
2: yeah that's funny
4: but hopefully this does lead to something else hopefully this does actually lead to bianca furthering her own character sasha coming into the story again hopefully not carmella getting another match out of random nowhere because why not but hopefully this goes further hopefully this does a lot of other things and one last thing before we go to topic three, we had an Impact reference and a New Japan reference, and Andrew Rayn even here. What's going on, Ray? You know, you, 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 you <laughs> y'all listen to me long enough.
3: I watch it all. I don't watch Impact, but I, I pay attention to it all. So, <laughs> and if Becky really is healed, right? If she really is healed, they got to push Bianca. Who else going to be the top face? Liv Morgan, Tony Storm.
2: Yeah they fit the prescription or the prescription Jesus the prescription and the description they're blind yeah
3: okay see yeah. on that point okay fair yeah, but,
2: <laughs> yeah. Lo- love my milk and
4: honeys.
3: yeah it's, it's fair <laughs> but they ain't even they didn't even put them on a damn show in a month and a half so but yes I, go ahead go ahead.
2: no i i hope you guys are right man and I mean, it's funny because the Bianca Belair character really is a heel at her soul. I mean, she's the EST, she's the the you know the smartest, the cutest, the most. It was a heel. It's a heel character. It's just she's impossible to boo, and the the character had a lot more edge in NXT. So if she can somehow find that edge and translate that to the main roster, I'm all aboard for that. And I hope you all are right. I just don't have faith. That's all. And you know Whoa. you got Tony Storm back there thicker than a snicker, blind and thick so,
3: oh, Tony. I, uh. hey. Tony Storm is Tony Storm is thicker than my cholesterol level right now uh um, but nonetheless i'm I'm
4: glad you went there and not somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's a
3: self- deprecating <laughs> joke for those you listening, but speaking of faith, one man that I have full faith in that I implore all of you to have full faith in. Is my tribal chief, hopefully yours, definitely all of our tribal chief, the head of the table, the still reigning, defending, undisputed universal heavyweight champion of the world, Mr. Roman Reigns. He vanquished that varmint, that miscreant. And, And just as the tribal chief was in the midst of getting his adoration... His praise and most importantly his acknowledgement from a loving Las Vegas crowd. Then the evil, the dastardly, the the, the Leviathan of a human being, the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar had to stick his muddy, grubby farmer ass fingers and his gorilla haircut into family, bloodline business. All that to say this. Brock Lesnar back, y'all. And Paul Heyman, I think, shit enough for like a full week. Because he lost all of his shit. literally, literally and figuratively. Gentlemen. Brock Lesnar back. Roman's the champ. It was like we're getting Brock versus Roman again. Rose flipped. Paul is part of the bloodline
4: what you guys think
2: go ahead aj because i'm trying to think of a funny joke about brock lesnar's new appearance oh you mean the meat onion oh Oh, did y'all saw that the onion that's perfect Mm -hmm. that's fucking perfect he literally looked like a goddamn onion that shit was hilarious (laughs) they even had the sprouts at the bottom of the onion which looked like his goatee like oh my god it was absolutely perfect Ah <laughs> oh, god. Or or is I like the cuz
4: one of my favorite MLW wrestlers is Alexander Hammerstone. Hammerstone's dad came back.
2: Yes. Yes. He looked like but, um he looked like a David Spade kid from Grown Ups 2, which I, who ironically is in that heel show now, which, you know, it everything's professional wrestling, brother. Full
4: circle. But yeah, like you said, the evil, dastardly I wouldn't call him Leviathan because that's still Dave Batista. Uh Brock Lesnar. Part of the Minnesota stretching crew. Uh yeah, he's back. And Paul Heyman is between a rock and a hard place. Now you can figure out which one's which. I don't really I'm not gonna judge you on which one you want to say it. But there's a reason why for the longest time we've called Roman reigns the Samoan sex machine
2: <laughs> but I, I I seen Roman's wife man he ain't worried about sticking his hard place in in Paul Heyman I'm not saying I'm just saying
3: not one bit nope the reason he got five kids though
2: I'm just not that there's anything wrong with that b t dub not at all Paul but Heyman yeah he love to <sighs>
4: <laughs> Don't make me think about that. <laughs> yeah, now you just gave me more of a reason to drink this rum. God damn!
2: Fuck! I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this, man. Number one, it was a good match between him and Cena. It started off slow, but it built, and it was a hell of a match. I still give match of the night to Edge and 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 um Seth Rollins or Mrs. Uh, Mister Becky Lynch. But this was a damn good match as well. Yo, number two, Brock and Roman, this is probably the most underrated feud in wrestling in the last 20 years. I would put that up there with Orton and Cena or maybe Cena and Edge or even Rock and Austin. Not saying it's necessarily on that level, but it's that this generation's equivalent to that. As much as you might hate it, and hate to admit it, go back and watch all of their matches. They have never had a bad match versus each other whatsoever. Now, there were some of the matches, like the one at WrestleMania 33, or 34, rather, and the New Orleans crowd just shat on it. But go back and watch that match. That was a damn good match. Obviously, their best match was WrestleMania 31. That shit was like two gladiators in the Roman Coliseum. But this is a outstanding feud. I'm glad it's back. Granted, maybe it's been done to death. But now it's been flipped because the dynamics are different. You've got Roman Reigns as the heel. You've got Onion Boy as the conquering babyface returning. And then you throw in the Paul Heyman dynamic as well. Like, there's a lot of layers to this, similar to an onion. (laughs) There's a lot of layers to this feud right now, man. And I'm excited to see where they go. My only uh, concern is that, what, they're, what, about a month? or maybe two months away from going back to Saudi Arabia for a jam in the sand six back in the mix, which is why everybody's pissy because the 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 uh, Bobby Lashley and Goldberg match ended the way it did. I'm sure that's where the rematch is going to happen down there in Saudi Arabia. And I'm scared that they're going to... That's why Brock is back too, to get one of them Saudi fuck money, oil fuck money checks. And this isn't going to continue on as long as I would like it to because I think that this can be very... Very, very interesting, to say the least.
4: I was about to say, Ray, do you need this bottle of rum? Because I saw your reaction on Roman and, and Brock on that one.
2: Look, man,
3: I do. Just send it to send it send it to the to the computer. So
2: You supposed to be the WWE market. I just put that feud over big time and you looking at me like I got steaming turds coming out of my mouth, sir? Well,
3: I am as big a Roman fan. Some might say, "Stan as it gets." I am as big a as a big a Brock Lesnar appreciator as it exists in this world. Wouldn't call myself necessarily a fan, but I appreciate him in a way that I don't think most fans appreciate him. And I will I will cite you that WrestleMania 31 was one of the best matches you'll ever see because it wasn't expected. Every single match. After that was boo boo. And Whoa. It was, Every one of them matches after that was boo boo. Actually, the cage match, the cage match that was in uh, Saudi Arabia was actually pretty good.
2: Was, was that was Jam in the Sand 2, Electric Boogaloo? Was it 2 or was it the There's, initial?
3: I can't keep up with all the jams in the Sands. Like, <laughs> Sh- Shark Neto 17, man, Like I can't keep up with them. One of them, right? Um, Look I appreciate a style and I appreciate a sequence or like, this works, but I can't only I can't do finish your, finish your, finisher. Finish your, finish your kick out, Finish your, finish, finisher, finish, your finisher, kick out, finish your, finish your finisher, finish your finisher, kick out scream because my finisher didn't finish you. And then finisher, 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 kick out. Like, I appreciate those matches. I do. I've watched John Cena my whole life. But, like, at a certain point, come on, man, it's been much. And the first Roman-Brock match was fantastic because that's the first time that they did that. Every other match since then, except for the cage match, was the same thing, especially 34. So it's to the point where I would get literal anxiety if they were booked on the same card. I don't want them near each other at all. With that said, this feud had to happen. They need to do this again because of how beautiful the head of the table storyline has worked, because of how integral and how perfectly uh, Paul Heyman has added himself and acclimated to this story, especially from a real-life standpoint, because remember... One of Paul Lee's first jobs in wrestling was being the chauffeur for, for the Wild Samoans. So when he that man says, like, I held Joe when he was a baby, that's not a lie. That's, no, that's a real a love. That's a a real yeah. love between Paul Heyman and, and the NYE family. And then knowing that Brock Lesnar is not here in wrestling, in MMA, as worth hundred and fifty million whatever he is, without Paul Heyman. It's a beautiful dichotomy and a beautiful story. And, and I I'm cool with one match. I I'm going to lose my mind if I see finisher, 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 kick it. Like please, God, give me a rest hold. Something.
2: And and Brock and Paul are legitimately best friends as well to add another layer to that onion. See what I'm doing here. I just, I enjoyed their matches because they're two legitimate badasses, and they're two legitimate tough guys, and anytime they wrestle each other, they literally beat the holy hell out of each other, and I appreciate that from a brutality standpoint.
3: Let me flip it for you. You know why I I enjoyed Lashley versus Goldberg?
2: Because you fell asleep while it was on?
3: No, I was was awake. (laughs) I, I was... that was a part of the show where I was actually awake. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoyed that match because for the first time since Diamond Dallas Page, that man wrestled a match that wasn't the same thing. It was not a standard. I'm to start spear, uh, jackhammer finisher kick. It was. It he actually had nuance. There was a story told for the first time since Diamond Dallas Page. And so even if the match was a two star match, it's a five star match to me, cause I ain't never seen that man do it. And so <laughs> that's what I need from that's what I need from Roman and Brock. Roman's one of the best wrestlers in the world. When Brock Lesnar gives a fuck, ain't too many people better. Do something different, please. Do I need to get on my knees? Please, Por favor, please.
2: But Bob and Lastly. Bob and Berg was a five-star match to me because it included child violence, and I'm all here for children violence. If that little brat wants to stick his nose in grown-man business, he got to learn. You're little 15, child, sir. He look grown. You're 15, sir. A hundred years ago, you would have been in the uh, fucking uh, coal factories and coal mines and steel mills for four years now. So, <laughs> you know, tough it up. Tighten up. <laughs> I was going to say, we,
4: we, we all seen that kid. He ain't 15. Nah, 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 nah. I need to see an ID. I know for a fact that says a 19 at the end, at the beginning of the year he was born, because there's no way that fucking kid is 15 years old.
2: Jesus Yo, that's Christ. that's Goldberg's kid. Have you seen that melon Farmer? I've seen that melon Farmer, yeah. I've watched it my entire life. But say- yeah, all 15 years of it. Yeah, you and, uh... What gauge? Y'all the same goddamn age, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> the the member, phenomenal member. AJP
4: versus uh, Gage Goldberg.
2: Yo, look <laughs> it. book it, jam it, sand six all in the mix. Let's do it. We got three matches. We got we got Brock, we got Bobby and Berg, we got Brock and Roman, we got the phenomenal AJ Blaze versus Big Cage Gage. Let's get it.
4: Well, let's get it. I'm fucked. All right, anyway. (laughs) No, I agree with you guys. That was a five-star match. It's a two-star match if you actually watch it and you're like wrestling. All right, that was terrible. But if you're like us, who's actually watched Goldberg through his entire career. Yes, I watched Goldberg through his entire career. Don't even give me that. I'm I'm a baby. I don't remember Goldberg when he didn't have gray hair in his goatee. He was born
3: before Goldberg debuted. So hey,
2: exactly. He, he, you've been alive during Goldberg's entire career, but just barely. <laughs> you no. Know, you know.
4: Come on, you know Andrew was a WCW guy. I, I, I watched that every Monday and
2: Thursday. You you caught him in the longest yard, the Adam Sandler remake.
3: <laughs> Universal Soldier with John Claude Van Damme.
4: <laughs>
0: Deep Santa cuts,
4: Santa Santa Sleigh. Deep cuts. <laughs> Uh, but no, that was a five-star match because Goldberg had a rest hold. Goldberg actually sold an injury. Goldberg actually did things like a normal wrestler. He I took, was, a he he, took a powder. He actually powdered out. Like what the fuck is this, Bill Goldberg? Where the fuck was this 24 years ago?
2: He was tired, man. He's 86 years old, trying to wrestle. The Almighty, he was tired. Y'all talking about a powder. Oh, motherfucker was tired, man. This shit lasted longer than three minutes. <laughs>
4: that
3: ain't uh, McDonald's. And, and it was a really long, it was a really long rap. So he might have yeah.
4: been gone. like, holy
2: it shit. Was. And you notice about the farmer, they knock on the door, next thing you hear, that's him bumping his head up against the <laughs> door. And then he comes out. <laughs> I hope Maybe, that came across on audio, by the way.
4: It did, but uh, okay. here, here's the other thing. Maybe that's why it was a long match. He didn't wind himself hitting his fucking head against the wall or some shit. Maybe that's why oh. he's like, oh, and now I know how to wrestle. I just don't bash no. my head against the locker.
3: Don't he, don't start the match with a concussion.
2: <laughs> no, he bumped his head against the wall. All of a sudden, this motherfucker thought he was Nature Boy Ric Flair. He was back there. Woo! About to throw chops, he's gonna get Lassie in the figure four
3: like he was just <laughs> Oh, he's he's turned into a shoot wrestler, huh? Uh, All right. God, we 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 gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. We gotta go to another break because we got a couple more topics before we get out of here. Um, SummerSlam uh, was actually a really good show. Before we go to commercial, I know you said best match in the card was Edge Rollins. AJ, best
4: match in the card, Edge Rollins. I do believe that's what I gave it. Best match. I believe it was about four and a half. Four and three quarters. Speaking of gave it, plug your stuff. Go ahead. Tell them what you want. I was about to say, and if you're wondering why I'm saying uh, I gave it this or I I said this and whatnot, go check out thechairshot.com. Top two things that are on there right now. AJ's SummerSlam review and AJ's, well, that's topic four review. Well, good stuff.
2: Real quick though, Ray, man, is it unanimous?
3: Yeah, yeah, Edge Rollins. That's 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 one of the best. sort one of Edge's best matches ever, and that's saying a lot. It's a beautiful match, and the best part is, not often can you have a match that long, that nuanced, that good, and one person still looked good. Seth didn't hit the stomp, so there's mm-hmm. so much more that can go with it. Um, but. As I said, uh, we have to take a quick break. AJ got to go get some more rum. So he's going to run to the store real quick. We'll be right back. We're going to pay these bills.
2: Sierra. Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Filter.
0: This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts, galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, com.
3: As we keep on moving down the weekend, because we didn't hit Friday, we've hit Saturday, AJ's hit the liquor store, and now we're here on Sunday. And how often did we uh, how often did we did we have these weekends where we said at the end of the weekend, man, I don't know how uh, the main show was going to outdo TakeOver on a Saturday. So TakeOver being on a Sunday was a bit of a genius idea for a number of reasons. There was a lot that happened. We have a new NFC champion, or do we have an old NC champion? Because Samoa Joe is your three-time NXT champion. Uh, Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez had a good match. Raquel Gonzalez continues to show She's the best in that brand. Now she has to face the best in the history of NXT proper in general with 600-day championship reign, Kaylee Ray, coming over. Um, Cameron Grimes is officially the million-dollar champion and is going to the moon, not as a butler. And we had Wrestling Ragnarok, which is – that's my name for it, by the way, Wrestling Ragnarok, Mm -hmm. between Walter and Ilya Dragunov. I will never make fun of that man's name again because, my God, what a match. Gentlemen, what were your thoughts on Takeover? And if nothing else, the fuck did you think about that damn match?
2: I um I it was okay in terms of Takeovers. The problem with Takeovers is that the bar is set so high. You know what I mean. So we're comparing this against other Takeovers. It's kind of like Michael Jackson Thriller and then Dangerous. Dangerous is a great album in its own right, but it wasn't Thriller. If if that makes any sense, but Bad is... Off the Wall is the best of all of them, by the way, but just saying. Oh, yeah, without question. Without question. Yeah. Look at that. We found something we agree on.
3: Hey! Only took three years. It's a Christmas (laughs) miracle.
2: (laughs) It took me to get grown to appreciate the brilliance that was off the wall, you know what I mean? Because as a kid, Thriller was everything, you know what I mean?
3: But, yeah, so... Got bigger (laughs) songs.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, much better. I mean, The Girl Is Mine is on Thriller. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, <laughs> take over. I, I love the storyline between Eli Drake, Cameron Grimes, and Ted DiBiase. Even though y'all should probably tighten up Ted DiBiase's suit game, he just—he's supposed to be the million dollar man. He just couldn't go grab something from Men's Warehouse, not get it tailored and and fitting properly. You're looking like the dollar man, sir. It's all you're bad.
3: Gonna, you're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it.
2: In, just, unless your just name not is for Pitt, a million EIC. bucks, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I've i loved that feud. I love Raquel Gonzalez, Adam Cole, and O'Reilly. The two out of three is a little too indie for me. It was kind of pitchy for me, dog. I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like I I enjoyed Samoa Joe and Kerry Cross more than most, just because I was so into that storyline. That was one of the best storylines in wrestling over the past few months. I was really into that. So I was emotionally invested in that. I was surprised that, you know, Samoa Joe won, obviously, but we see Karrion Cross is fully supplanted on the main roster as the Sultan. So good luck with that. (laughs) Um,
3: Are you not sports
2: entertained?
3: He's the executioner from WCW versus NWR Revenge.
2: (laughs) Going back to the match of the night. I'm not even going to try with this Mellon Farmer's name. But the dude that beat Walter. (laughs) Number one. God God bless you, sir. Because after that match, your, your chest looked like hamburger meat. It looked like raw hamburger meat. We know Walter plays rough. Great match. Absolutely, positively great match. They hit hard. They laid it in. Great storytelling. And it was believable that a guy of that stature could beat Walter the way they told the story. Plus, they've got history because shit, they had a match the year candidate a few months ago, if I'm not mistaken, right? On a... Uh, last year. On, la- yeah, last
4: was year. Was it, it yes. last?
2: It wasn't this year. It was last year.
4: Was but last, you know what I'm talking it. about. COVID Covid is just like ruining your timeline there, but yeah. Yeah, last yeah. Year.
2: Co- yeah, let's blame it on the COVID. Cool. Not the booze. But uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, but seriously, and I- I'm hoping that this means that they finally convinced Walter to keep his ass on, the si- on this side of the pond. So maybe he'll go into NXT proper or maybe even move up to the main roster because there's a myriad of matches that I'm just foaming at the mouth to see Walter in. I'd love to see him versus Samoa Joe. I'd love to see him versus Anunnaki Joe. I'd love to see him versus Brock Lesnar, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley. I think him and Cesaro would be very interested. And that's just off the top of my head. There's a lot of matches with guys on this side of the pond that I would love to see Walter in. So hopefully he stays on this side of the pond. But overall, I would rate the uh, NXT TakeOver three out of five stars. And a a nice cap to a hell of a weekend for a wrestling fan.
4: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. It was a really good match. Uh, We kind of talked about it before we started recording where it was takeover but it didn't feel like a takeover and it's kind of like what we alluded to before when we were talking where it's more of the cwc instead of the full sale university area mm-hmm. where everything was like loud everything was proper there was actually like an ambiance and resonation from like cheering this was just we have like a bigger building now everyone be happy but the matches were great. It was still a takeover. It was still good. Uh, we'll save the Walter thing on my thing for last, but Eli Drake, everyone knows how much of a mark I am for him.
2: Yeah. The right oh, yeah, the, the impact guy. Yes, yes.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy Grimes won because that made more sense. There was no way that Ted DiBiase was going to be a butler. That was a given. Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez, it was good. I'm not discrediting it. There was a few things that kind of went, like, I kind of tilted my head like a confused puppy dog, where I'm like, was that that spot really necessary? It was still good. I'm just happy that, you know, Dakota didn't botch a powerbomb like she was Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania 11 against Diesel. Why why are you bringing up both stuff?
2: It's shit! Before you were even alive, what are you talking about? WrestleMania eleven. You laughing See, at Ray? You wasn't born until twelve. WrestleMania twelve.
0: What's even worse
4: is I was I, I was born at WrestleMania twelve. So you were actually right on me not being born on eleven, but still shit. It
3: so WrestleMania twelve. WrestleMania two thousand.
2: No, it's WrestleMania sixteen. Precisely sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you were you weren't being funny. You were you shooting.
3: I look, man. You, <laughs> COVID, bro. They mix. They, they, the mix. COVID COVID Let's like yeah. yeah.
4: blame, blame it on the
0: COVID. Like you. Yeah, blame it on the COVID. Yeah, even though man. we didn't have it.
2: I can't say shit. AJ, continue. Yeah. Cool. COVID. Yeah. COVID. Cool. <laughs> Moving on.
4: <laughs> Joe versus Cross. It was better than I, I imagined. Like, they showed Joe had a little bit of the ring rust. He kind of looked a little winded there, but it made sense. Also, notice something else with the carrying Cross match. Scarlet wasn't there. Maybe they're playing up that, hey, he kind of needs Scarlet to win these matches. Not so much just on his own, because he's a maniac. He's a <coughs> killer. Uh, sorry, we're not allowed to call him that anymore. Um,
2: but... we're well, publicly traded, AJ. Publicly traded. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. Gotta sell toys. Can't sell toys with the name Killer on them, brother. Yeah, I know. I know.
4: And then, I don't know if it's just me, because I know you said it before, Ray, where it's Orton and Cena... This feels like the indie equivalent of Orton and Cena, w- with Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. I'm not saying it was a bad match because it was it was entertaining. It had its moments. The the finish kind of fell flat for me. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. Where they they, they were working on each other's body parts. Kyle got hit in the ribs a lot. Cole got hit in the leg a lot. But you got ha- Riley got handcuffed, grabs the third super kick. And just drops into a heel hook. And then Adam Cole taps immediately. And kind of fell flat for me. But tapping immediately. Walter on a sleeper hold. Like you said, Platt. That was beautiful storytelling. It really was. Ilya didn't give up. He did everything to Face Walter to beat him down. To bring him down. And he did. He took chops to make it look like. He was just going through puberty. And his chest looked like it had a bunch of pimples on it. That's how bad he got beaten. Just by chops alone. But he was resilient. He got back up. It's like me when I was a kid fighting Andrew. He he beat the shit out of me. But I still got back up. <laughs>
2: This is not about to be your therapy session, sir.
4: I was, uh, I'm
3: glad you said that by the ladies and gentlemen,
2: PTSD.
4: <laughs> uh, and everyone wonders why I drink. But anyway,
2: Miller no, chest looked like a uh, magma lava. Yeah. At the end of that match. Jesus. But go but ahead. He, yeah,
4: yeah, no, no, you're good. Play, you good. But he wore Walter down. He made sure he was winded as hell. And Walter kept trying to put that sleeper on him, and it never worked. But when Ilya did it, Dragunov made him tap right away. Because Walter was that done. He, he They showed a God can fall. New NXT UK champion.
2: rope dope
4: Yeah. New NXT UK champion. And uh, if, if good old Uncle Dave in his paper-cluttered room... Doing everything can break his own star system. Two middle fingers. Fuck you. I broke that as well because I gave that thing a fucking six star rating. And the bad part is, <laughs>
2: Six snowflakes, sir. Six snowflakes. There you go. There you go. And, and j- the j- bad part j- is,
4: j- Just for the melt marks.
2: The sad part is Beef Stroganoff is gonna go back over to NXT UK and hold that title for twelve hundred and sixty seven days and nobody's gonna even know about it.
3: He's gonna lose in two months. To whom? Anybody. But that's just how the shit works.
2: Normally (laughs) Tyler
3: Bates. I think Tyler's done with the main event for now. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, they love Joe Coffey.
2: Uh Red Page Brown.
3: Rampage Brown is doing good things over there. Um, Joe just looks so
2: bland. Like he, that's the best name for him, Joe Coffey. He just looks so bland, you know.
3: Joe Co- Joe Coffey is a beat. He's a beast, but he's a piece of shit. So personally, but he's a beast in the ring. Gallus is a fantastic group. Joe Joe Coffey was one of the best things going with uh, at NXT UK before we realized that he was like a horrible person. You know he was one of the main people implicated in speaking out and got suspended. Ah, uh, okay. So like you know, um, yeah. but uh, they got a lot of. T- they, I mean, they. In fact, you <laughs> you want to make you want to make some noise. Give me Ilya Dragunov versus Nathan Frazier, A.K.A. Ben Carter. That that'll put
2: butts in seats.
3: There, there's no seat. there's no that no seats? Isn't that
2: Spider Man in an alternate universe?
3: Ben, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ben, yeah. So, yeah. Ben Parker, Ben Parker, not
2: Benny. yeah. My bad, but bad. I nah, thought it was, man. okay, whatever. But um, so do you guys <laughs> agree in my assessment that perhaps they convinced Walter to stay on this side of the pond for a little bit? Because, you know, that was always the kind of the knock why he didn't go to the E initially because he wanted to stay in Europe and they promised him he could stay in Europe. Have they convinced him to come over here and make some real money?
3: So the answer is not yet. They are they are trying to bring him to NXT proper. Uh and I'm sure they're gonna offer him a lot of money. The problem is number one, NXT money ain't the same as Ross Matdown money. Number one. Ross Matdown money would get it would, would get the job, I think. Number one. Number two, these European guys aren't built like us. They're not motivated strictly by De Niro. They're like Walter loves living in Vienna. He loves living in Austria. So now, don't get me wrong, he loves wrestling, so he'll come over here for those two-week tours or things like that. But in terms of living here full-time, and then, the remember, he, he uh, I don't know if he books WXW, but I know he has a wrestling gym out there that he trains. If he were to move here, at least he could say, if the world was normal, at least he could say, well, I'm wrestling four or five times a week, so I can justify it. One time a week, big dog. And they say, do one show. So it's not like you're even here getting all that done. So you going to be like Shinsuke and just surfing all damn day because you got nothing else to do. So I I don't know. I'd like to see it happen. I know they want it to happen. Maybe. He has said he is amenable to it. He just said, I don't know if this time is ready or not, if it's now. But I, I know at some point I'm going to have to do it, and I'm willing to. I'm just not ready yet. So... I don't know. Um, they have to have a third match, though, because Walter, uh, as the Iron Sheik would often say, humbled him the first time, caused that man to go through a full psyche valve for six months, if you watching watching to UK. Ilya came back, and um, one of the things that uh, we don't talk often enough about good commentating, they expressed, uh, especially for the viewer that doesn't know that's know a lot about your dragon off his forward perpetual motion he never stops moving he never stops coming he's like a zombie and uh was finally able to take care of walter you gotta have a third match to, to solidify it, right that's how these things yeah. go
2: yeah you got to especially how i don't want to say legendary because that word gets thrown out around a lot but the first two matches have been phenomenal you, you kind of got to give him a third you bring up a, a very valid point right they need a third. You got to give them a third. Uh
3: just to put a to, ball on uh takeover real quick before we get to our last topic. Um, yes, everything about LA Knight, aka Eli Drake, aka Sean Ricker, aka DMD. Baker stole his game gimmick, by the way. Um, versus Cameron Grounds, fantastic. Everything fantastic, everything you want, right winner. Cameron Grounds is a is a star. Uh, I love Dakota versus Raquel because I love the fact that Dakota finally got a chance to show how she's a ring general because you hear it so much, but you never get a chance to see it as much. And she was countering out of everything. And it was really cool to see. Of course, Raquel's a beast. I love seeing Kaylee Ray back. Kaylee Ray is crazy enough to actually possibly beat. She'll do anything. So she she might actually be a, get a chance to really give Raquel a, a, a match. Joe and Cross was cool. Joe looked winded. Joe looked old, but Joe's first match in like three years. I'm okay with that. Um, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. I love the fact I made fun of Kyle O'Reilly so much because I thought the dumbest stupid babyface move that a stupid babyface could do in the history of stupid babyface dumb was when you have the right to make your own step in a two out of three falls match, you pick a regular match. Stupid babyface, but it worked. Because if you think about it, knowing that they came after wrestling Ragnarok, it gave the crowd a chance to to catch their breath. And it moved so fast. It was five minutes in and out. Then we get to the good shit. They played that so perfectly. Cage part wasn't done. I mean, it it was done well. But the finish, I don't like the finish for this one reason. Yes, I remember seeing Kyle attack the knee a couple times. But he didn't attack it enough. To make him tap immediately. You know. And I know that most times. A tap out is more final than a pin. Because you made a human being give up. But in that type of feud. Somebody got to be left laying. And the fact that Kyle. That uh, that uh, Adam Cole was able to walk out. Just didn't feel right to me. When this is supposed to be the blood feud of all blood feuds. And you say Cena Orton. Maybe it's Gargano Ciampa. Just
2: like light see how you how you feel about they just yeah basically No, but how you feel about reigns and brock that's exactly how i feel about gargano champa it it was just way too indie for me and i I just went here for it
3: but at least they did more
2: than three moves they did way too many moves let's find a happy medium okay let's find a happy medium uh, so, uh, real quick, around the horn, what's Adam Cole's next move?
3: Mr. Blass?
2: I, I say if he really wants
4: to, you know, have a feud right away, actually have an entire story play out, he goes to SmackDown. Feud like, have, like, a few small things here or there, and go back to your feud with Pat McAfee because that was golden. That was perfect. Pat can be a dick to him on the on commentary again and just go from there.
3: Agreed. I although I think the move the better move for him is Raw because there's more opportunity on Raw to like make your mark as a singles uh, male star. But with the superstar shakeup slash draft slash we got bored and we don't know what to do with these motherfuckers, so we're gonna put them on the other show. Coming up, uh, he can probably do the SmackDown thing. SmackDown got too many people on it to begin with. SmackDown is a mini-AW. They got too many motherfuckers. Like, can we redistribute the wealth, right? Smack, here we go. Here we go. SmackDown is Germany, and Raw is like Latvia. Can we redistribute some of the wealth, please?
2: That's funny. That's a great comparison. I would say uh, Raw is Germany and SmackDown is Uranus. That's how far apart they are in terms of show. (laughs) Because SmackDown is the best wrestling show on TV week in and week out, and it's not even close.
3: I mean NXT, but sure. Honestly, I think... I'm a Mark. I'm a Mark. Yeah,
2: don't say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Mark, I I think he ends up in AEW. I think he goes into there and he's automatically a main eventer in that pool. I think that if he was going to go to SmackDown or Raw, he would have already been at SmackDown or Raw. Even though I, I have mixed feelings about him going to AEW, I don't, because his woman's there. Like, it, on one hand, that might be a good thing, but on another hand, it's like, y'all really want to spend every waking minute together. No disrespect, but you kind of need your space a little bit. Like, that that's a lot. You know what I mean? That's a lot. I'm not yeah. saying, I'm just saying. But
3: to, if, they, if they they could make it work, because Britt work, literally works a full-time job as a dentist. That's not, that's not a gimmick. She really has her own dentistry, like her own dental practice. So she's working a lot. I'm sorry, AJ, go ahead.
2: But they're going to be together every night when she gets off. There's no touring. Nobody's touring. They're going to be there. They're going to be hanging out. They're gonna be wrestling together, and maybe that's a good thing. But I, I, don't know, man. It depends on your mentality. There's no right or wrong answer to that. You know what I mean? I, I, can see it from both sides. You know, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Don't you know? Don't paint me as an asshole, ladies.
4: <laughs> Which well, you know, makes sense. No, I'm, I'm not denying that. But the, the other thing that I'm going to say about if he goes to AEW is that kind of goes back to our argument of too many cooks in AEW. Especially at that top level at the main event scene where, you know, you got all the guys that have names. Like we keep saying, Punk is going to be their prop most likely. If Danielson goes there, Danielson definitely. Cage, he just won the Impact World title off of their AEW champion. So he's got a stake in that. Moxley and a bunch of other guys. So there's kind of too many cooks already. So Pretty, that's, tony. That's my
2: Pretty Tony. Pretty Tony. Jim Ross, Jake the Snake Roberts, Arn Anderson, Telly Blanchard, like you, Dustin Rhodes, even though that might be a little too close to the elite, but you have access to all of these people that have forgotten more about the world of professional wrestling than any of us will ever know, including you, Pretty Toe. Pull one of them to the side that isn't necessarily affiliated with the elite and your VPs. Make that melon farmer your consigliere. Have that melon farmer be your shadow. And then hopefully, perhaps you can blend the old school with the new school and come up with something that's too cool. And you, and, and you can make this thing work. I, I was trying to go for alliteration there. It didn't land, but you, you get what I was going for.
3: All right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we've, we've turned into a Cornel West
2: interview. Uh, Shut up! Like you we know who Cordell West is, Adam. You're 12.
3: So while we get out of here, you,
2: we got. One. don't, Adam. they'll know. Like when when Trump got elected, Adam's so young. He said, "Damn, white people can be president." <laughs> <laughs> yes,
4: yes, 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 yes. See, yes, see what's, he, what's yes. even worse? Because the first thing going through my mind when it was when Andrew said. Ray is gonna be in there as Tunney's replacement. If you wanna, if you wanna take my spot, you can. And I just went, wow. Tunney got darker and Balls got younger. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, baby. <laughs> let's go, baby. That's
2: uh, not a bad. Uh, that's actually not a bad title either. Tunney got darker and Balls got younger. That's not a bad title either.
3: Keep it a buck though. Tunney just took off his regular mask and because you know t- deep down Tunney is a is a dark skinned black dude. He just don't want y'all to know
2: that. You mean a light skinned black dude?
3: <laughs> you think Tony will be light skinned?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's in Milwaukee, man. How much sun could they possibly get?
3: I'm talking about from a personality standpoint, because I'm strictly being, uh, strictly stereotyping here. One hundred
2: percent. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Tony's more prep school black guy.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We've gone
3: <laughs> so far from <I'm> real. <laughs> Let's get out of here on this. I know. Uh, I'll, I'll let you to the side. I know we, y'all want to talk about the Nick interview. We 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 brought the, we're breaking that, that we brought the down this money on church out radio. Me and Max. I know also this is the uh, 140 second uh, um uh remembrance and um what's what I'm looking for anniversary. Wow, boop of the shockmaster. Not literally 140 second, but it's the anniversary of the shockmaster just passed. Which one you want to talk about to get out of here?
2: Shout out to Dick God, man. We gotta talk about the Shockmaster, though.
3: <laughs> so, hey, hey, AJ, the Shockmaster was a wrestler named Fred Ottman Tugboat. Really? 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 It, Tell me more, Ray. <laughs> hey, I'm on your side, but that was just too
4: easy. Oh no, I was. They, sometimes you gotta take the low hanging fruit.
3: Um. Okay. Thoughts on the Shockmaster? Is it the is it the funniest moment in wrestling history? And what 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 do you remember about it?
2: It might be the greatest moment in wrestling history, man. (laughs) 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 So like you said, man, just give it a little more background. Fred Ottman aka tug bowden w WWE W B F at the time also ended up being typhoon they brought him in as Hokoga's best friend eventually the plan was for them to feud and I think that was gonna be the main event for WrestleMania seven they changed their mind for whatever reason he he got up with earthquake they became the natural disasters he left also Dusty Rhodes' brother in law who Dusty oh, Rhodes the, yeah and Dusty was the booker at the time in WCW, which was another reason they brought him in. Yeah, like if you ever hear Cody, he 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 refers to him fondly as Uncle Fred. Like they were literally, yeah, he was in the family. This Melifabra comes in. So it's War Games. Y'all know War Games is like the biggest match in WCW slash NWA is what it was. So it was uh, Harlem Heat. They were debuting on top with Sid Vicious. We had Sting and Davey Boy Smith. Ric Flair was hosting a talk show segment. This was off of him leaving WWE. He left WWE, I think, in what, late 92, early 93. Basically, him and Vince had a handshake deal saying if anytime he's not going to be a top guy anymore, Vince let him out his deal. And that's what happened. But he also had a 90-day non-compete clause, so he couldn't wrestle. So in order to get Ric Flair on the show, they came up with a talking segment called A Flair for the Gold. And this is where all this happened. It was on Clash of the Champions, hyping up the big War Games match with Harlem Heat, Sid Vicious, Sting, and Davey Boy Smith on the flare for the gold. And they're going to introduce their mystery partner that's going to stem the tide from these big, evil, nasty (laughs) heels. And what they come up with, before it even gets funny, just the outfit. Like, this is what they came up with. This Mellow Farmer, it was literally a stormtrooper helmet with a bunch of glitter on it, a fur vest, some mom jeans, and, and the boots the, that he wore and, into the arena. And a cape. It was the, and, it wasn't the a vest. It was the cape. <laughs> I've seen amoeba with more muscle. <laughs> like chest naked. <laughs> and he comes out. Number one, the promo is horrible. Everybody stinks except for Ric Flair. Everybody like This is everybody's worst work of their entire career. He comes out. He's supposed to bust through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Nobody told him there was a two-by-four at the bottom. <laughs> and I'm not doing this justice, by the way. YouTube it. So as soon as he busts through the door like the Kool-Aid man, he trips over the two-by-four, falls flat on his face, Tries to pick up the helmet instead. It is. If you listen closely in the background, you could hear Ric Flair go. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, think you
4: can, I, I think also in the background, you can hear Davey Boy say, oh, my fucking
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can hear only Anderson was off, off, you know, off stage backstage. He was supposed to be the one doing the um, doing the commentary. Yeah, doing the voice. Thank you. And you can hear him and Dusty back there laughing. And somebody says, did this motherfucker just fall? <laughs> and Fred don't know because you know Oldie's supposed to be talking for, him, so he just start pandemizing shit thinking that <laughs> only is talking
4: for.
3: Him. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, <sighs> one of the greatest moments in history, man. Is this the, is this the funniest thing that you've ever seen in wrestling, AJ?
4: yes uh, especially since it's been 28 years since it happened we still talk about it to this day oh <laughs> uh, did you botch uh Shockmaster botch or like sid vicious at uh sin 2001 botch
2: like oh, it, 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 He's, the, AJ you went super dark we was having a good <laughs> yeah. time
4: i have to I'm a blast <laughs> uh,
3: the side of the market. head oh the son what of the marquee it? says but says Balaz.
4: But it doesn't say It A Belaz. It doesn't say Andrew Belaz. It says Adam Belaz. But no, it again, we still talk about it 28 years later. The shock master. He's gonna shock the competition, as Sting says. And you got this big roly poly, and as Oli's talking about him falling over tripping over a two-by-four because he went through freaking... Of course it's the funniest shit in wrestling. It's still the funniest shit in wrestling. Dog, and the and only thing that would have made it better is if he put the fucking Stormtrooper helmet on backwards.
2: <laughs> what well, man rigs it? Like, oh, God.
3: <laughs> dog, and, and though what shits me out is why they have to have the stupid explosion? The boom... Like, it's just... Because
2: it's it had to be
3: shocking! Oh, so
0: good. And this is. was
2: supposed to be the next guy. Like, this was supposed to be... He was coming in on top. It's the main event of the war game. <laughs> and it botched his character so much, God bless him, that they had to switch it up the, the, all the way. He became a, a bumbling, fumbling, stumbling construction worker after
4: that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder where they got the bumbling and stumbling from. Bumbling. Oh, Stumbling, stumbling. I'll give you
3: two. I'll give you one that's actually scripted and one that's not. We we, we sleep on this moment so much, but the Santino Vladimir Kozlov shameless T segment is one of the funniest things you will ever see. Like go back and watch it. Like it is like you will be crying. It's that funny. And but dog, while the shockmaster is number one, it may be number one, but Hulk Hogan. We coming for you, racial slug. Oh, that yeah. kills me yeah. every time yeah. to see my boy face like
4: fuck.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! Oh, did I
4: say that?
2: Because he she tried red. to make pain and look tough, but you could see he's like, oh shit. And Sherry tried to rub him on his back yeah. like it's okay. It's, baby. it's okay.
4: You you did good. You did a great promo. Uh, I don't know. I just call possibly the most. Cheeto looking motherfucker, the N word.
2: Which, and I'm which like, is. It. Of course. Which, that's that's reason 645 why racism sucks. Because without racism, he should have been able to say that because it's fit his character. And it sounds tough. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. Like, that sounds tough. And it was in character. Like, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just Too saying. But it brothers was hilarious. From Harlem, yo. Yeah. Bad yeah.
4: From- yeah. It's Where it worse. works. <laughs> and and that, that's but probably why Hulk thought he could so. get away with saying the word.
3: I'm just saying. Yeah, that's it. Yes. <laughs> if 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 me and my brother are a tag team wrestling in Dallas, and they call and they say, "Hey, we got a gimmick for you. What's up? The Ebony Experience." <laughs> and I right, cool, and then you get the <laughs> big break. You get the big break. You go down to Atlanta to get the good money. Hey, we got a gimmick for you. What's up? You you guys are Harlem Heat. Major from Houston. But you've heard it now, pal. Not pal, because I wasn't just <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Hulk Hogan and com. We coming for you, racial slur. Uh we coming for you, Meltzer.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All, all, all jokes aside though, man. Go. I'm because we're not doing this shockmaster shit justice. If you have never seen the clip, it's on YouTube. It's fucking hilarious. Not only is that hilarious. What's even funnier is um, go look up the the clip from I believe it was Opie and Anthony with uh, Patrice O'Neill and Bill Burr, and they're talking about the clip. That's even funnier than the actual clip. Just watching that. Was...
3: Two of the funniest humans ever, dog. Yes, I miss Patrice O'Neill so much, bro. Oh
2: my god, me too, man. Seriously, and and I'm still too young.
3: <laughs> Patrice O'Neill was a, was a comedian <laughs> Stop, 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 I know Thank y'all for listening to The War. Uh War AJ, I appreciate you coming Standing there for your brother We had a blast uh, I know you're heavily inebriated But still, tell people where
4: they can find you I feel like I'm not inebriated enough But you can That's find like,
2: me you're Bad enough, sir is it it trust the veteran on this, okay?
4: Ah, fair enough.
2: I you was getting drunk me. in and figuring bitches when you were just a gleam in your daddy's nutsack, okay?
3: According to you, that was a couple years ago. Yeah, apparently.
2: <laughs> Precisely. <Amber? laughs> Shut up. Uh. Oh shit, man. Uh.
4: Go
3: ahead, man. Where where can they find you, brother? Plug your stuff.
4: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at PhenomenalAJB, AJB in all capitals. If you haven't heard me before on the chair shot, DWI podcast with the usual guy, the commissioner, PC Tunney, the scientist, the architect, the funny man, DPP, and myself, the alphabet soup of podcasting, basically. Go check us out. Like I said before, you can find a lot of my articles on the thechairshot.com. I covered SummerSlam. I covered NXT to- Takeover. God, maybe I am drunk. Liquor? Yeah, you're drunk. Yeah. But go, you can- go home, AJ. Done. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can find me all over the chair shot. You'll find AJ somewhere around there. But that being said, like I said, Tony's usually here. You're the guest host here, Ray. So where can they find you? Well, so between the hours of
3: three o'clock and three forty-four, not forty-five.
2: A.M. A- a- a-
4: a- or P.M.?
3: A.M. Please. A.M. Yes, I'm 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 a Midnight Rider, as I as I like to be known. You can find me at IWC Warchief. <laughs> but for that last minute, the three forty-five minute, you can find me at It's Ray Cash reyz and Mysterio. C A S H as in dollars, and that's only on the third Monday of every other month.
4: Yeah, and and for that last minute, like the three forty four, uh, you'll find him butt chugging salt water all the time. Not blue cheese, salt
2: water all the time. Got to keep yourself clean and fresh and clear. And apparently, I'm not gonna say that. That sounds weird. why salt water though.
4: Yeah, yeah, I don't know.
2: I don't even remember where it came from. It was just some some organic shit that happened on this show, and and Tony recorded the clip. I don't even remember the, at this point the context of where it came from or why it's a thing. Is just a thing now.
4: It it just kinda lives similar, in me.
3: Kind of similar to why the fuck the shockmaster popped up. Nobody
4: <laughs> knows. Saltwater is now the shockmaster. I got to get out of that. Salt, one. Water, allegory, sir. It's all allegory. <laughs>
2: Saltwater <laughs> and Shockmasters, That's and that great. was
4: the explosion. By the way, at the beginning of the Shockmaster promo, it was Andrew Saltwater. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, the guys are like old is always on time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and the oh. steal on from Black Plat- Hop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, since we're talking about anal squirting, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Y'all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plat. More importantly, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out, make sure y'all support the movement by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair and pick up an official ChairShot t shirt. Please and thank you. Thank you. And please, the chairshot.com. Remember, we're not just a website, we're a movement. Ray, AJ, all jokes aside, from the bottom of my heart. I had a fucking ball tonight. Thank you guys, man. You brothers for coming in, filling in for the crew. We appreciate it. You all you are y'all already know what it is, man. Y'all are extended Pottis War family. You're welcome back anytime on these airwaves. And thank you all for filling in. You did a fantastic, phenomenal job. We I certainly appreciate you. And Th- this thanks. Week, yeah, I mean this is okay, technically
4: cool. the birth of AJ, this this show, so
2: it was, yes. You were just you were born like forty-five minutes ago, which was yeah. it's immaculate that you were talking he's, before then. Like uh, is he Benjamin fucking button? Good God. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Born
4: forty-five yeah. minutes ago with this full goatee right here.
2: Yeah, he's not gonna be born until this show debuts Thursday at eight o'clock <laughs> on the CheerShot <laughs> Radio Network. <laughs>
3: Come witness the birth of AJ Blaze live <laughs> on the Cheershot Radio Network.
2: Hey, Jeez. between the birth of AJ Belaz and the debut of the Shockmaster, I think we can get some views on that, Jack. <laughs> Put it on Twitch or something. We need to get Cheershot Twitch. But yeah, seriously, man. Thank y'all. Thank you guys, man. I appreciate y'all for filling in. And hey, man, if you're a wrestling fan, shit is hot as fish grease right now. This weekend reinvigorated my love for the genre, and this. Pro wrestling is probably as hot as it's been in years, at least pre-pandemic. It's great. Just enjoy it. There's literally something out there for everybody. Maybe everything's not your cup of tea. You're going to find something that you love, I guarantee it, without going to the men's warehouse with Ted DiBiase. Stop bitching about the shit you don't like, and why don't you just pay attention and big up the shit that you do like? What's wrong with that? Huh? What's wrong with that? Because you'll like the way you look. Guaranteed. For the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, <laughs> for, the, for the illustrious Mr. Ray Cash, for the phenomenal A.J. Belaz, for the commissioner, P.C. Tunney, and Andrew Snowflake Blaze. I'm Mr. Price Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of Pod is War. We'll see you back here next week, same Platt time, same Platt channel. Until then, Shalom.